Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. I have all of three people in the room. You! We, need, we should probably mic everybody in the room so that you guys could hear the amens. Preach, pastor! You should hear them. They're going wild. They're just like, it's, it's deafening. It's de- <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Amen. Amen. Jesus is king. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to jump in. This is our third week. This is our third week of talking about sonship. We are actually a series inside of a series. This is inception, right? <laughs> a dream and a dream and a dream. So we're, we're in this deep. Uh, but I love it because... These, this series is giving us a foundation to build from. I said it before, your foundation as a Christian has to be built on your identity as, as, um, as a saint, fully saved, all right? There's no question of your salvation. And then, you're, and then on top of that, it's, it's your righteousness, your right standing with the Father that is actually going to give you all authority and power in this world to live righteously. And the, the next part that we jump to do is your sonship and your daughtership. That's a word, but it's your you being a child of God is probably one of the most important foundations. That's why we're starting. That's why we're spending our third week now on being a son and a daughter, and and so I want to I want to start by just saying this: that we have access to everything the Father has. I want you to say that right now. We have access to everything the Father has, and so all through this, we're going to keep going back to that thing. Being a son and a daughter of the king, it means we have access to everything that the king has, okay? The king leaves nothing apart from us. He, he holds nothing back from us. The, the word actually says that we have everything pertaining to godliness in us, that all of the kingdom is inside of us. There is nothing withheld from us. That's amazing. That's amazing. Say, say Pastor, that's amazing. There you go. <laughs> I love this interaction. Keep it coming. All right, we're going we're gonna to jump into a lot of Scripture today. Well, if you want to get your Bibles out, we're actually going to have, I think we need the Scripture on the screen. Um, Victoria is on it. And we're going to be reading from the Passion Translation, so you may not have that available, but it'll be on the screen. I'm just loving this lately, so forgive me if you're, if you're tired of it and you want to go back to your NESB. Um, do both, but I'm right today we're jumping into this. Romans 8, 14. Um, we're going to start with Romans, and um, we're going to start three things I'm going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how sonship, and I'm going to use that, obviously, if you're a daughter or a son. Sonship gives you access to the Father's words and direction. It gives you access to the Father's authority, and it gives you access to the Father's resources. All right? And we're going to jump to some scripture and hit each one of these. So let's jump in with um, uh, Romans eight fourteen. All right, are we we up there? Come on, that's awesome. I'm going to read it. The mature children of God, wait, let me pray for us real quick. God, I, I, I thank you so much that your Holy Spirit is with us. I, I radically need your Holy Spirit. 
Um, I, I feel radically unqualified at times, Father, to speak to a camera and, and have your word impact every, every ear that's listening, God. But I know that you can, Father. I know that you have given me this gift, that you've put this gift in me, God, and you've put us here. You've put these worship leaders, these leaders, you put Victoria and, Mike, uh, Victoria and Michael here to do the work that you have for us. And so, Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be powerful in this, God. And so just speak to us. Would you give us a heart of sonship? Lord, that your word says that your spirit is inside of us calling out Abba, Father. And so, Lord, this is our moment, God. This is our time to fully grab a hold of this and never be the same again. Amen. Amen. All right, verse 14, 814 Romans. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. That's so good. I want to stop right there. <laughs> ah, and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading back into the fear of never being good enough. Dude, that, I wanted to stop and just read no further when I was studying this. Like, let me read verse 15 again. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. Um, meaning that, that like, if I do enough, duty, do enough, if, if, if that's what he's saying. Like, you didn't receive this spirit that you're going to be my, my disciples if you do enough. My son, if you act like a son enough. It's just, it's fully leading, and this will lead you back into the fear of never being good enough. Oh, I love the way it says it. It's so poetic. Like I said, the, the, the Passion Translation is actually, it's fairly scripturally based. It really is, but it brings a whole poetic side to it. And so this leading, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. Do you ever feel like you're not good enough? Man, the heart of that, the root of that feeling of I'm not enough is based out of sonship. It's I'm not a good son. And so I'm not good enough for this situation, for this situation. Oh, like I said, we can stop. So this is the spirit of sonship. This is how powerful this concept, this belief has to be grounded in you. Moving on. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance. Oh, the spirit of full acceptance, fully accepted, enfolding you into the family of God. Not just putting you or placing you, enfolding you. Oh, I love the language. I love it. And you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up with us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. Right? That's where like the, the other, other translations would say, Abba, Father. That the Holy Spirit is in us, crying out from our spirit man, Abba, Father. It's in us. It's in you. You can't get away from Abba, Father, Daddy, God, beloved Father. Verse 16. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being. Wow, and he says this. Are you ready? It says, you are God's beloved child. Listen, the world tries to keep you moving and keep you going in a hurry so that you never stop long enough to hear those words, you are my beloved daughter, and I'm well pleased with you. 
And it's in that place where full acceptance happens. Oh, so good. But you have to stop. You have to slow down. All right, let's go on. Let's go on. We can't stop, though. We can't stop. Verse 17. (laughs) And since we are his true children. Oh, you guys, the word. We are his true children. We qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. And we will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. What does that mean? And I love it says that we are heirs of God himself, that we will inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified. Do you remember we were talking before We talked that we were co-crucified, that we were co-resurrected, and now we are co-glorified. Co-glorified. Listen, this is when when people say, like, oh, I don't want to steal God's glory. Listen, God has co-glorified you. He's co-glorified. We have been joined with God. In fact, it says here, it says, for indeed we are heirs of God, since we are his true children, that, he, um, for, that, that, we, that we are with him. We are in him. We are co-glorified. Do you understand that? This is, this is why, you guys, we can't go down that road. It is so, it is so, it's blasphemous to go down that road of woe is me. I am nothing. Who am I? Why would I, why would I ever stand out in this world? I want only Jesus to shine. Listen, he has put his light in you so that you would be glorified. And this is the heart of sonship. This is the righteous sons and daughters that you will never be co-glorified as a worm on the ground. All right? This, and he didn't put you there, by the way. We put ourselves there at times. We put ourselves down. We second guess ourselves. We put ourselves in the corner. I'm not enough. How could I be enough? And yet the scriptures, prof, they don't prophesy. The scriptures declare who you are. That you are glorified with him, with the Father. Now, you're not without him. It's not just you up there. It's not just, it's not just uh, our worship director, Tiffany. She's up there. And, 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 and Katie, she's up there. Just amazing. By the way, no, they're co-glorified. So when we glorify each other, we glorify God with us. It's like when you glorify a painting on the wall, you actually you don't glorify the, the paint. You don't glorify the paintbrushes. You don't glorify the canvas. You glorify the artist. But it would be silly to say the art is useless or worthless with, uh, in that. It would say, wow, that, that, that art is priceless. And so we are called to be glorified with God. Ah, oh, it's so good. Okay, I'm going to keep reading. Let's jump into uh, Ephesians. Ephesians uh, 1. Verse 3. Now, before you put that up, I'm going to read the intro to the book. I just love this. There's there's like a small paragraph of the Passion that I really love. And I think it sets the stage. Um, So the intro to Ephesians reads like this um, in the Passion Translation. Um, What you are about to read is meant to be taught to every church. It is the constitution of our faith. This is the book of Ephesians. The great summary description of all that is precious and esteemed in Christian doctrine and Christian living. Paul firmly plants the cornerstone of our faith in this powerful letter. Let me say that again. Paul firmly plants the 
cornerstone, when we were talking of the foundations of our faith, this is what everything is built off of, the cornerstone. It's the, it's the foundation of our faith in this powerful letter, commenting in its few pages, the position and the authority of the church over every other force. In it, Paul brings before every believer the mystery of the glory of Christ, which we are co-glorified with. And I love that intro because I think we've got to recognize, so what, what we're about to look at, this is the cornerstone of, of who we are as believers. And it's, it's, it's littered throughout the Bible, but we're going to hit this scripture right here, and it's beautiful. Okay, it really starts to pick up at verse 3, but I'm going to start at the beginning. Dear friends, he says, my name is Paul, and I was chosen by God to be an apostle of Jesus, a sent one, the Messiah. I'm writing this letter to all the devoted believers who have been made holy by being one with Jesus, the anointed one. See, you're not the anointed one, but you're one with the anointed one. Oh, you've been made holy by being with Jesus. Oh, no, the scriptures say, be holy as I am holy. And it wasn't... Uh, um, it wasn't that thing we talked about before of lost works, religious works, and so that you can get to holiness. It was a declaration. I love that he says this, that is the description here is, for you have been made holy, been made past tense. All right. <laughs> May God himself, the heavenly father of our Lord Jesus Christ, release grace over you and impart total well-being into your lives. Why does it say release grace over you? It says it because the only way you'll ever be holy with Jesus is through his grace. And so it's, 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 it's not by your own abilities. It's not by reading enough books. It's not by watching enough podcasts. It's by, by letting his grace come into you. And, and we'll talk about how that happens a little bit later. I love that. Okay, verse 3, Ephesians 1.3. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us <laughs> lavish like he could have said um eye droppered onto us like little droppers he could have said a portion to us he said lavished um as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly father the father of our lord jesus this was a gift you guys this is grace it's free it's it's through salvation that you get this gift all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. See, the Lord doesn't look at you and be like, hmm, I wonder if she's worthy of my grace. No, the Lord looks at you and sees Jesus. He sees the Son wrapped up into you. And it's through that that he's able to lavish on you. So any, any, any shortfallings you might have, any mistakes that you've made, the gospel says that you are worthy because you are wrapped up into Christ. Oh, so good. Okay, hold on. Water break. Okay, verse four. As he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. I'd say say a lot of that. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. Verse 5. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, 
the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades, oh, the language, cascades over us, would glorify his grace. See, God's still excited to bring the glory back to himself because the world needs to bow to his glory. For the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him sadness. No, it says great pleasure. It's the Father's great pleasure to give you the kingdom. He's not waiting to see if you've earned it. He's not waiting to see if you've grown up enough. He's not waiting for you to start acting like someone that could hold the kingdom inside. It's, he's, just, he's just brimming with pleasure over you. Oh, come on. We just, just, oh, Lord, I thank you for your pleasure over every single person here, God, that your grace would wash over every single person, that your pleasure would drive us forward. Your pleasure would pull us into prayer. We were praying earlier. I used to be a prayer warrior that was driven by requirement. I was driven by, uh, anybody, anybody relate to that? I was driven by, um, <laughs> by duty, that it was my duty to pray and fast. It was, it was my duty to cry out day and night because it was in the scriptures. And you know, something shifted in me when I realized, no, no, no. It's God's pleasure to invite me into a place of partnering with the angels and seeing the world change. It's, it's a pleasure now. It's my pleasure. It's my honor now to declare and prophesy over the earth. It's, it's a pleasure of mine to laugh over the plans of the enemy or, or cry and travail, but it's still a pleasure. It's an honor that I get to step into this place, co-laboring, co-glorified, co-praying with the Holy Spirit to see his will be done. And so as, we, as, we, as we're called into prayer, it can't be out of a duty. It can't be out of a 40 days, here I come. It, can, it has to be out of a, Father, draw me. Draw me into prayer. And listen, I've, I've, I've drawn myself before. I've had other leaders draw me. And I tell you, you just get tired. You get tired, your family suffers, your friends suffer, your heart suffers, your, your own gifts and talents suffer. But when you're drawn into with pleasure and joy, all your gifts and talents get brought into the prayer time. And before long, you're praying um, with your paintings. Before long, you're praying with your nature walks. And when you're working out, you're praying. And when you're going, I don't know what you're doing, but all of a sudden, you get permission to pray wherever you're at. I remember a friend of ours, Chad Dedman, uh, the Lord told him, you're an intercessor. And Chad's like, I'm an intercessor? I'm not an intercessor. God, I'm an evangelist. I'm a, <laughs> all these other things. I do miracles and I, I preach. I'm a minister. And he says, no, you're an intercessor. And when, and, but Chad realized that the Lord spoke to him and says, when you serve, because Chad is a frother. He is a, he serves, man, Chad Deadman is friend of ours. He would serve for six, seven hours straight. I remember one time Chad, <laughs> Chad invited me to a surf session, a night surf session. And um, I was with a couple of our friends and he says, let's go down to Trestles. We're going night surfing. And I'm like, oh, I'm not that great of a surfer. Um, I, I don't know that I even call, no, I would call myself a surfer, but you know, I think, I think about head high is about as all I got in me. And after that, I'm like, let me watch you, bro. You're doing great out there. But so Chad is just like all the time, anywhere, like 
I think one time he surfed in the Sacramento River up in Redding. And so, but <laughs> this, so, he, so he invites me out surfing with a couple friends and it's nighttime surfing down at Trestles, down in San Onofre. And you can't see the waves. Normally when you nighttime surf, you, you have the, the moon and it shows all the waves and you catch the waves. And, and um, I remember Chad's, you know, uh, he's out there with us and I am scared out of my mind to surf right now. I'm like, I can't even see the waves. I'm decent at surfing only when I see the waves. If I can't see the waves, game over. And I was freezing. I was totally unprepared. So, <laughs> so Chad, he, I, I remember I took a wave in after about 30, 40 minutes and Chad was out there for like another hour and a half. And uh, uh, eventually I just went back to the car, walked up the trail and he was still out there, but he surfs for hours. And the Lord spoke to him and says, Chad, when you surf, that's intercession for me. And, and, and I think one thing that my friend Chad does really well, and he's just an amazing man of God, but he, he brings joy and pleasure into everything he does. And I mean, that's one of the reasons why people are, are drawn to him in the supernatural and the things he does. And then I want to encourage you that there is a pleasure that he has. It's this unfolding plan brings God great pleasure, that God unfolds your prayer and intercession in his pleasure. And so I want to encourage you, um, try praying differently if you're not used to that. If you're used to crying out and travailing, try, try laughing and singing instead. Try, try just releasing the joy of God's grace over hospitals and things like that. Okay, uh, where are we? Okay, and now I want to skip to verse 11. That was a beautiful rabbit trail. I loved it. Okay, verse 11. Through our union with Christ, I'm skipping some um, verses, by the way. Through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. You've been claimed by him. Before we were even born, he gave us our destiny that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart. Oh, this is so good that we've been claimed by God as his own inheritance. Okay, I think we just preached all the message right there. Um, <laughs> yeah, Scripture is so good, you guys. I'm going to start at the top here with this. Because we've been claimed by God, because we are God's sons, because he cries out, you are God's beloved child. This, inner, this Holy Spirit in us crying out, you are God's, but because you are his child, we will always have access to his voice and his direction for your life. John 10, 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. That's, that's the word. So don't come to me and tell me, well, well, Jesse, I just don't hear his voice. The word says you do. The fact that you're not hearing his voice is because it's more a concept that you don't believe you're a son or a daughter. You don't believe you've been claimed by him. You actually, more likely, those, if you're someone that doesn't hear his voice, your belief that you don't hear him because you're not his son enough is probably a greater reality than the reality that I'm his son and his sons hear his voice. And so when, when I teach people to hear God's voice, I actually take their mind off of the fact that we're prophesying or we're trying to listen to him, and I put it back on this thing of, I'm worthy to hear his voice and his direction too. He doesn't just want to speak to you for, for other people or to prophesy. He actually wants to partner with you 
in every area of your path. Now, he may not want to tell you the answer to everything. And so you're sitting there going, well, I get that. I hear from God clearly, but he's still not telling me what to do next. <laughs> I want to tell you also that it's the, it's the glory of a son and a daughter to find the path on their own. It is a powerful thing when a father can sit back and watch his kids live out the DNA that he has sowed into them over the years. It is a beautiful thing when the father can sit back and not give you every step along the way. I will tell you that um, watching my kids um, take part in things in their life, like go after different things, try out different things, go down paths, figure things out on their own, brings me such a joy. In fact, when, when my kids cry out, Daddy, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? There's a part of me that just, I want to be like, oh, I, I, I thought I gave you everything you needed for this little task. And yet I still come in like a graceful father. So number one, we, God gives us access. I'm sorry, sonship gives us access to the father's words and his direction. And his words are, I love you and you are enough. This idea of, um, I want to hit on this really quick. There's something called the imposter syndrome. And the, 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 if you ever heard of the imposter syndrome, meaning like, I think I'm an imposter or I don't have enough. There's this idea, and it, this, the description of what imposter syndrome is, it's a psychological phenomena in which people are unable to internalize their accomplishments. It's a, it's a phenomenon in which people are unable to internalize their accomplishments, okay? Now, I'd like to change this. I felt like, I thought that was pretty powerful because this idea, I think I love when the scripture says that the spirit, uh, the, 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 you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. Um, and it's this idea that I'm not enough. It's this, I'm not enough. I'm, everything's, I'm, I'm an imposter playing a Christian that I think everybody thinks I know what I'm doing or I'm enough, but I don't feel like I'm enough. The heart behind that is sonship. And so I made a little slide. Victoria, you want to put that slide up? This, the, the idea behind this slide is, um, is, that, uh, is, is that this idea that um, it, it's not the spirit, uh, it's not the imposter syndrome, it's the sonship syndrome. This idea that uh, um, um, I'm not enough as a son. I gotta, where is the, the son? Is it coming up? Is it, uh, here it is. I can pull it up on my slide here. I'm waiting for it to come up on the sheet. Okay, it's not going to a little bit. There it goes. That, this idea that, that I love the, the pie chart. I thought this was great. This idea that people who don't feel qualified to walk as God's sons and daughters. You got the little green part there. Just some of these people. And then you have another pie chart that says, okay, now it's this part of, the, part of the pie chart is these are other people who don't feel qualified to walk as God's son and daughter. And then there's this other group of people. And I love that it said literally everyone else. They also don't feel qualified at times to walk as God's sons and daughter. And I want you to know there's good news here. That this is not something, uh, and you can bring it down. This is not something that um, some of us struggle with. This is something that we, can, that we all at some time will wrestle with. Maybe just once. Maybe it's once a day. Maybe it's once an hour. This idea that I'm not enough and, and I'm not walking and I don't have what it takes to be God's son or daughter. And I want you to know that by receiving God's grace and reading his word over you and getting to the root of why, and we're going to hit on that at the end, 
um, of why can't I walk as a son or a daughter? So the next, so the first one is we have access to all the Father's words and direction. The next one is we have access to the Father's authority. And, and so the idea behind this is that when we walk as God's f- sons and daughters, we are his chosen ones. He has claimed us as his own. He has given us his inheritance, it said. You remember that the, the, the prodigal son, when he comes running back from feeding the pigs and eating with the pigs, he was co-laboring with the pigs, and he runs home, and the father puts a ring on his finger and a robe, his identity and his authority. And so that there's an authority that's given to you when you walk in the, as, as a son and a daughter. And remember, this was given to you before time began. And so as sons and daughters, we have access to the Father's authority. And so if you ever wonder, do I have the authority um, to go here, to do this, to command this to leave, to calm this storm, to heal that sick person, any, whatever it is, you have the authority merely because you're his son or daughter. We are family. We have four kids, two of our own, August and Reagan. August is five. Reagan's uh, eight. And um, we, we recently, almost a year ago, we, we, uh, we entered into our home two foster kids. And there's a, um, there's a good chance they're going to go back to their parents, which is a really good thing. But we've had them for almost a year now. And, you know, they're in our house. We've essentially adopted them unofficially right? They're in our house. We are treating them like our kids. And because they are our kids, they're adopted into our family, they have access to everything that's in our family. Just because we didn't, they didn't grow up from childhood to us because maybe they, they got saved only a year ago into our family, <laughs> they actually have access to all the rooms in the house. That, um, that uh, as long as... <laughs> As long as they're not going to, well, even they'll break stuff too. They, in fact, what they do is they, they open up cupboards and they pull things out of the cupboards and it goes everywhere. And it's kind of cute. And it's also not kind of cute. But I want to tell you that, listen, even though that you got saved into God's family, and it may not feel like a natural thing to be his son or a daughter, you are fully his son or a daughter with access to everything. You can go anywhere you want to go. When my son August goes to pray for somebody else or goes to go talk to somebody else, I get excited that he's pushing out our family's DNA. Our family's calling is going with him. I don't get scared. I get excited. And the, the father is excited when you take risks in these things. One aspect of sonship that I see that I think is a really powerful indicator in whether you're walking in, a, in, in your sonship or not is when you ask, when you look at something you want to do or you, you get a, a passion in your heart, do you see a red light or a green light? You see, I believe that sons and daughters, they operate with green lights. And what I mean is that, see, um, orphans are always waiting to know, is there enough for me to go there? Is there, have I been given permission to go there? Is there, um, am I allowed to do this? They're, they're, they're operating from a, a no mentality. When sons and daughters operate from a yes mentality, they operate from a green light that, Lord, I'm going down this passion of mine. I'm going down, I'm going into this hospital to, to clear it out of sick people. And I'll, and if you don't want me to, you'll tell me no. Or you'll give me a red light. But until I hear no or a red light, um, I am going to run because I carry the kingdom. 
And so sons and daughters have authority to run and not look back. And I want to encourage you guys. A lot of us are waiting to hear God's voice for something. And the Lord is literally, as a father, as a good father, he's waiting for you to just run. And you know what? If you get a little wrong, the Lord is happy to come with his grace and mercy and align you back to his purpose. But he's more excited to see you run forward in sonship because there's more to be gained by a son walking in freedom than there is for a son walking in fear. And the last thing I want to talk about, I know these are whole sermons of themselves, is that as a son or a daughter, you have access to the father's resources. And then I want to tell you that that, that sons and daughters, they they have all of the inheritance of God. Not just um, uh, that we're now going to go to heaven and we inherit heaven. We have his resources. All of his resources are given to his kids. You remember the, the prodigal son, the, 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 they're both, they both ran away essentially in a sense, but they had the older son and the younger son. The younger son wanted all of his inheritance at once and he squandered and came back and somehow he got it all back. And then the older son was, was upset because he didn't see that he had his inheritance already. And so he was, all, he was working for the father's inheritance and the father's love. And the son actually didn't enter into the party because he he was upset and frustrated that he didn't have all of the inheritance, the resources. And so listen, if uh, you have to recognize as a son or a daughter that you have all of his resources. And what that means is you're not limited by what you're called to do. And so if you ever stop doing so, if you ever come up with this idea, have you ever had this thought of like, oh, that will never work because I don't have X, Y, or Z. I'm not gifted enough. I don't have anybody on my team that can do that. I don't have enough money. I don't have a space for that, a, a building, a this, a that. Listen, there is, there is no limitations on you. You are not limited as a son or a daughter. When we first started Presence Church four years ago, um, we, we had no building, no money. <laughs> we had no donors. We, had, we didn't even have a team of people that had committed a year to us. We just had people that were entering into the pleasure of doing church together. And within a week of looking, we had a full nightclub open their doors to us for free for a whole year. And, I, and honestly, God provided every step of the way. We had all of the sound equipment of the, of the given to us from the nightclub that was available to us. Everything. It was amazing. Listen, you, you, I can't tell this to you. You have to prove it to God. You have to, he has to prove it to you. And you, you do that by stepping out as a son with a green light and expecting him to provide for you. We're at a time right now. When, when provision feels like a really big scarcity. It feels, like, uh, it feels like nobody's having enough right now. It feels like uh, the world is on lockdown and, and, and the, the stock market is going up and it's going down, maybe more down than up right now, and, and that people are, are being furloughed and losing their jobs, and that's all really real. But the truth is that if you're a son and a daughter and you live from that place, your heart can be at rest knowing that he always provides for his kids, always provides for his kids. You will always be provided for. He will not let you down. But listen, he doesn't just provide. He abundantly provides for you. Outpouring overflows into you. And so as a son and a daughter, we have access to all of God's resources. And the result 
I came up with a couple of bullet points. The result of sons and daughters living abundantly is that we let the Father take care of us so that we can take care of others. Another one is that we bless the world around us with all that the Father has since it's yours as his son or daughter. So start taking care of other people. You want to know if you're abundant or not? You're taking care of others. And the last is you be generous as you can. You test the Father in your generosity. Michael and I were talking this morning that the God there says, that God actually says in the Old Testament, before the law, he says, he says um, test me in your giving. Test me in your tithe. See that I won't open up the floodgates of heaven and overfill your barns. This, the Lord wants to be tested in generosity. And generosity. So if you're planning on blessing other people, I had a thought the other day, let's get 50 helium balloons and tie them on everybody's door in our, in our neighborhood and tell them we love them and we're thinking about them. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that costs money. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's be generously so into people. And so I just encourage you guys, test God and, and just prove to, prove to your own heart of how much of a son you truly are. So... That's all I want to share today. I want to pose to you a couple questions. And um, I, I didn't write them in. Uh, maybe I can have Penny type these questions into the comments. My first one is, uh, is what would change if you fully lived in God's sonship for your life? What would change if you fully lived as his child, fully, a, a full heir, co-glorified, co-ruling with him, with full provision, full authority, and full connection with the Father. What would change if you fully lived that way? And I want you to write this down. I want you to actually write it down and take it with you into your prayer time. This, this has to be something that actually impacts you more than a talking head up front. What would change if you fully lived that way? What would change? I promise you something would change. Something would change in my life. I'll tell you, I would take way more risk in loving people. I would do way more things that connected me to creativity and connected me to my calling. Because um, I know, if I'm going to be honest, I hold back because there's, there's, there's places where I don't fully understand it. But let's start dreaming, casting vision for what would change. The second question, the second question is this. What is the area that seems to trip you up the most in sonship, in what we've talked about today, right now? What is the area that seems to trip you up? What is the thing that seems to push you out of this, the, this beautiful place of sonship? So what scares you? What, 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 what's the fear? What's the lie that comes in? Maybe you have that lie that I'm not enough. And that, I, and that somebody else is going to do it. I had a conversation with someone this morning. This idea that oh, there's all the things I want to do, but I just figured somebody else is doing it anyway. And so that's that lie that I, I'm not needed. I'm not valuable. I'm not enough. All that stuff. And I want to encourage you guys. Find out what that fear is. Find out what that lie is. Because a declaration is powerful to get you into that moment. But a declaration won't actually get, keep you there. What keeps you in freedom is believing truth. And believing truth happens in the quiet place with you and the Father. So I want to leave you with those two questions. Um, and hopefully they'll be written down on there somewhere. Um, 
take them with you to the Father. Take them into the small groups. Take them with you. And, and listen, like, do the hard work. This is the hard work of being a Christian. This is the work part. The work part is actually talking to the Father and saying, Father, search me and know me and lead me into truth. Where are the places that I am not moving into? Because I promise you, you've all felt those those moments when you step into freedom and everything parts and it's beautiful. And you've all felt it when all those clouds come in and nothing seems possible. And man, we are called and designed to live in the beautiful places. So I love you guys. Bless you guys. Right after this, why don't you go ahead and jump in to the Zoom calls now. Um, that's it. If, uh, what, as you, remember the small groups there. Um, go to the website now. Go to that link below. Um, sign up for one. We already have, I think, over 30 or 40 um, uh, people in small groups right now. We might have to get more groups. I don't know. But I want, I want that to be a good problem to have. Um, love you guys. Jump into small groups. Jump into uh, the, uh, the North and South County Zoom parties. Their parties. Find some fun way to show up to that Zoom call, whether it's a, a costume, a hat. If you have a mask, put it on. This is our time to be fun and to get some joy and laughter um, in front of each other. So love you guys. Bless you. Have an amazing day. I pray that the Father would bless you. He would keep you and cause his face to shine upon you this week. And we will be doing a lot this week just to put content on our YouTube channel to encourage you guys too. Love you all. Have a great, great week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.